Hello and welcome to Babelfish, the podcast for non-believers. Humanist freethinkers and atheists tell me their life stories. They share their challenges and the work they do for humanism and human rights. You can support Babelfish by donating money through tenor.dk. You'll find the link in the episode description. It's up to you how much money you want to donate per episode. It's your choice and I'll be grateful for any donations. Hello and welcome to today's podcast where we will be talking to Dan. Welcome. Thank you. And can you present yourself? Well, thank you very much for this opportunity, Christine. I'm Dan, as you said. Uh, I'm Rwandese or mm. Rwandan. People call it different oh, call depending it on their <laughs> okay. background, but the official is Rwandan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, a young adult. Um, 32 mm. and I'm currently the team leader of Rwanda Humanist Association. Yeah. It's been around since 2010, but it started really getting active 2013. Uh, briefly about the background of what we do and what I do, I'm a humanist in general. Mm. I respect human value. And uh, I don't really segregate whether you are who or who or who depend as long as you are a human being that comes first. Mm. Then we don't discriminate about uh, between non-believers and believers. All who wants to, who wishes to join our organization, we welcome them. Okay. Then we tell them about our values, so they choose. Mm. We have we recently got. Is a group that is really coming up of atheists. Uh, the group leader is Bruce, and uh, he's a good young man. They have a good, real, a really good team. They are doing some good work, so they are going to help us with our non-believers in the organization already okay. to integrate and share ideas and how mm. they came out. So I really. Thank you for this opportunity. It's going to help us put out our stories. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. So how um, how did you become a humanist and a non-believer? Well, it was back in 2013 when I we went to to participate in one of the East African working group co- conferences in Kampala. I met different people from all walks of life. Humanist, atheist, LGBT, mm. mentioned them. They were all there. Yeah, activists of all kinds. I. This is when I started to open up my eyes. I think okay. I had never been in such a crowd. Uh, why did Why did you participate in the working group? Well, as a member of the East African Humanist Association, I mean, a member of East African Working Group. Okay. Who are invited? Okay. So it is. East Africa, yeah. Tanzania, yeah. Sudan, uh, Rwanda, mm. Kenya, uh, yeah, okay. basically East Africa. Yeah. So we were invited, like mm. the, everyone else invites. We, we can also, when we are picked to organize, mm. we also invite everyone else. Yeah. So they, are, they come like East Africa. Mm. So I was representing Rwanda okay. as a team leader, and it was my first time out. Then we met these people. Mm. 
met the likes of Kato, I met uh, there's one called Al Salam Moses. There's many. Um, mm. I can't really mention each name. Then Al Salam was giving his side of the story because during this session we first introduce ourselves, mm-hmm. we give our background, yeah. how we joined and how things are in our story. Mm. So basically our story was different from theirs because the our history the history of Rwanda is different. Yeah. So this is actually one reason I decided to be an unbeliever. Mm. In, in 1994 there was a genocide in Rwanda. Yeah. Against the Tutsis. Mm. Now, this happened in all walks of life. Yeah. Believers, non-believers, atheists, non-atheists, anywhere. Yeah. But what really caught my attention is how much the believers did mm. beat helping or contributing to the problem. Yeah or participating directly in the yeah. problem. So I had a lot of questions on my mind. Mm. I said, how? For instance, like there are stories, they're actually not stories. You learn when you go to genocide memorials all over Rwanda, they tell you preachers, priests, during the genocide, they could inform people, we can offer you shelter in mm. the church mm. and you'll be safe. When you get there, you feel really safe. Yeah. But like after two days or one night, he goes behind, mm. makes a call. He said, we have them in numbers. One particular story was told by an, he's now an old guy. He told us, he went to a church with his brother. By, by then they were young. And when they got there, they stayed for a few hours. Then, the so-called head of that diocese or that church mm. called the Inheram, the killers. They came. Army. There's an army. Mm. Guns, hand grenades, and they started killing everyone. Yeah. They first threw grenades inside. So whoever tried to escape out, they'll shoot. Mm. So walls started crumbling down on people. He managed to escape through a window yeah. with his brother, but they were injured, they were really injured. And when he couldn't bear it, he had to let his brother go. Yeah. So he ran for the sake of his life. And now this thing up to now, I can't comprehend. I can't get it really no. to the roots. How? So, uh, that is one question I kept asking myself. During that time, I didn't stop going to church. Okay. And uh, I was a member of the Protestant church. Okay. Now, I, every time I could sit to look at these preachers, the reverends, the bishops, really doing a good work, mm. telling people to love each other. Yeah. And at the back of my mind, I just remembered some of them are still serving their term. Yeah. In 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 jail, mm. because they didn't even help 
that much. Yeah. So I wonder, is, uh, do you really mean what you say? Or it's just a job that mm. you are doing? Because those are two different things. Mm. You do your job at any cost. Yeah. Because it's your job. Yeah. And it, you earn. But if it is something you do because mm. you love to do it, yeah. it, it could be different. Yeah. So basically, I reached the point after listening to Salah and interacting with him. I said, I think I've had enough mm. that I think I'm going to choose. Yeah. And when I'm choosing, I'm going to choose right. Yeah. So since that time, stayed away from churches. Okay. Yeah, because you must have been a little child when it happened. Yeah, you I, have was, been seven. I was. Ten. Ten? Ten. Yeah. I was ten. My parents had migrated from Rwanda okay. in the 60s. Ah. I told you my dad left the one who was seven. Yeah. So they went into refugee camps in Uganda. Mm. They managed to survive. Yeah. And somehow, somewhere, they started getting work here and there. And they started earning and living yeah. a life. So we could, I remember quite well, my dad would always tune in to Radio Rwanda mm-hmm. back in Uganda. Yeah. So we could listen. Yeah. Though we couldn't really understand what was going on. But again, when you listen to BBC. Yeah, because no one really understood what was going no, on. No, no one. No. Now, even being of age, little, mm. we couldn't. But they were concerned. They really looked concerned. Yeah. And they were trying to mobilize, like, before the revolution, mm. you could see people coming into our home yeah. and they disappear. And we yeah. didn't know they were trying to get them into the army. Yeah. So we could listen, we could hear stories that bodies were found in Lake Victoria Shores mm. in Uganda side oh. from Rwanda. Yeah. This is one picture I can get out of my mind yeah. on TV. Yeah. I saw a body with most of the skin peeled off. Mm. They are telling me those are Christians from Rwanda. They yeah. are being killed. Yeah. This picture has never left my head. No. So when I put these all together, I said, okay. Mm. I think religion is there. Mm. But it, it shouldn't be something to count on when it comes into tough times. Mm. Because it is now like like a job. Yeah. Yeah. So briefly, Alusala told me he's facing a lot of challenges in Nairobi. Yeah. Including attacks. Because mm. I remember even he was supposed to organize one of those conferences in East Africa. But at the last moment, he had to move from one location to the other because okay. they found out yeah. atheist, LGBT, they said. We can't, we can't host you. Okay. So they could, they finally could find a ramshackled place mm. to host. Mm. And Kato was telling me it was an awful ordeal. Yeah. Yeah. So that is where it all began. Okay. And since then, I've really put it all into humanism and yeah. channel it into humanism. Because I know you can, as a human, you supposed to accommodate everyone regardless mm. of their background that comes past yeah. yeah okay 
So what do you do in your organization? Well, as I told you, I'm the team leader. Yeah. I organize, I coordinate. Mm. Yeah. Basically, yeah. almost everything. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when it needs more, like when I need extra help, I call up some few guys to all, to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some, uh, like one of them who has been, who was really helpful is now studying in Turkey. Okay. Yeah, he's not around. So he, he would be here sharing his story. <laughs> but he's quite an interesting yeah, young man. Yeah. yeah. So he's not here. Another one, a lady, is work, she's working with uh, with Akira Institute of Women. She's teaching. Okay. She's, yeah. she's a lecturer. Okay. Yeah. So I do all that work in, yeah. in, in, in case. So you do you have meetings or...? Uh, well, yeah, we were sup- we were supposed actually to be having like an annual meeting, mm. but due to the financial of the difficulties and uh, the fact that most of us are scattered, yeah, not in one place, we need to call and organize for transportation, and we meet, and you know they have to spend some some time in somewhere. Yeah. You either organize in your house if you have room, or yeah, you find them where to stay. So it is quite a challenge, but at least we have a running Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, we, we contact each other in emails and we talk. We give updates wherever mm. possible. And I'm really into communication with the entire humanist association around the world in, on emails. Yeah. So in case of anything, I update my friends. We put it out on Facebook. Mm. Yeah, basically that's that's yeah. how. We do. So it's online because basically you're scattered. It's online. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it's a good thing yeah. because it it makes it easier also. Yeah. You just send a message to mm. someone. So the social media helps. Really helps. Yeah. yeah. It has really helped, yeah, especially when it comes to emailing. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fantastic. For, for for Facebook, it really helps us to publish what we've come up with, the meetings we have. Yeah. Like this one, we might soon post it. Mm. Yeah. Might yeah. Soon put it there. Yeah. Mm. Yes. So that's how the outside world gets mm. to know about our activities. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, how is in Rwanda? How is it difficult to be an unbeliever? Well, it's very difficult. Yeah. Because the society has its own perspective. Mm. Society wants to see you belonging to some kind of religion. Yeah. At least it could be weird, but it <laughs> must be one. Yeah. Where at least you have a day you go to gather together. Yeah. You speak about God and Jesus. At least mm. they won't really question you unless someone wants to challenge you about your faith and ask you so tell me is your faith really better than mine mm. otherwise apart from that you live a normal life but the moment you are up there mm. you don't believe in any of those no. they really mm. associate you with many many things mm. it's just have a wait until they're gone <laughs> they're talking <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so you really have challenges straight from your family. Yeah. Then the community around you 
then your friends around you, yeah. then your workplace, if you have one, mm. it will really become weird. Yeah. Because one, they'll say, you must be a devil worshiper. Two, they say, ah, these are the kind of people who do homosexuality, mm. gays, and things of that sort. Then others will say, oh, could you be Illuminati? That's, that's also what, what That's what? strange. I've heard that before also in Uganda, uh-huh. Illuminati, but that's... <laughs> Have you heard about it in Denmark? Yeah, but when we say Illuminati, it's not... That's more religious than... Yeah, <laughs> but, but, but because they believe mm. these people are devil worshippers. Yeah. Especially in African countries. Okay. <laughs> they don't know if it's a sect or it's a cult or it's they don't really understand. Yeah. Well, yeah. me, I, I actually don't know much about Illuminati. I just hear it about anywhere people mm. talking about it. I really don't know, and I don't. I'm not interested actually. No. Yeah. So people will classify you like that. Okay. Once you are cal- classified, one getting work will be hard. Then. Living the social life will start, will start slowly being a challenge. Because mm. I told you, this, uh, is it you or Bruce? I told him a story. One of my colleagues we, we work with, she called me. Mm. Actually, I was working by then. She called me from my office. And do you have a moment? I really want to to talk to you. So I told her, just give me a few seconds when we met. Mm. She asked me, are you gay? <laughs> I looked at her. My reaction was exactly like yours. I first smiled and giggled a bit and said, no, why? Mm. Say, well, it's funny, but you look like one. Look like one. Yeah. So How does one look? <laughs> <laughs> well, I said, why? How? Mm. See, the people you work with. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Okay. I said, all right, <laughs> but I work with you too. Yeah. And besides, I tried to flirt with you sometime. <laughs> Do you remember that? I said, well. I don't know, I really didn't think it was really that serious. I said, no, I'm straight. Mm. I'm straight. I have friends and colleagues mm. who are that, yeah. but me, I'm not. Yeah. She said, okay. But I, I think up to now she has her own doubts. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because she, she, she really thinks I'm weird. <laughs> <laughs> and well. Yeah. That's okay. That's fine with me because no, not everyone should fi- be comfortable around you. No. So, that's one story to show you mm. how serious this thing can get. Yeah. People will like, classify you mm. depending on what comes out of you. They say, oh, yeah. if you are an unbeliever, you are gay. Yeah. You are Illuminati. You are a devil worshiper. You are blah, blah, blah. So then you will start getting these kinds of rejections here and there. And to make matters worse, as an atheist and a human, 
at the store I started give mm. started this. Yeah. You see government officials mm. really getting interested in you. Yeah. Since you you partly out here for human rights. Mm. Yeah. For 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 being LGBT mm. it's not yet an issue here. No. Not really. Okay. Because no one will even raise a finger. Mm. They can whisper in the background. Yeah. When you pass by. Yeah. Because the, we have we have them. There's a group. I mean, there are two two ladies. I've had the story. I I had a vi I have a video of them mm. of those two coming out. Yeah. And they told the story of their life. That guy, remember, it was. Everywhere, mm. work in the office, you yeah. find people on YouTube. Yeah. Have you seen this? Yeah. These ladies? Mm. Everyone was like, what is wrong? What is wrong yeah. with this girl? Yeah. Look at this one. She looks really beautiful. She should be married. <laughs> well, yeah. they came out. Mm. And it, it was uh, like that for a few days. Now it's normal. Mm. They walk around. Yeah. No one even cares. Okay. The government has categorically not classified the, the, their status mm. above that. No. They kept quiet. Mm. So that means you can be there. Yeah. As long as you don't interfere in, in anyone's mm. affairs, yeah. you are fine. So with LGBT, it's not really horrible like in Uganda and no. like you said in yeah. your country. You can't be really a target. No. Yeah, you can live your life. Yeah. So that's fair enough. Apart from that, it comes to human rights. Questions can come up. Okay. Yeah, because there you are assumed to be becoming political. Oh, okay. But so, I would think that due to your history that human rights would be part of yeah. uh, the legislation, yeah. I would say. Well, if you come and you make your intentions mm. and motives clear, okay. that's why I've been really working hard to make sure we have visible activities on the ground. Yeah. Because with that, at least it will be easier to get identified. Yeah. Because with human rights, it comes with in different shapes, and especially here. Mm. You can come as a human rights activist, but you are here to advocate mm. for those small voices that say, we too, mm. our parents were killed during the genocide, and yeah. we are not pieces. Yeah. That story is there too. Yeah. So when you come, trying to make that voice come mm. out, you have a challenge. Okay. Because it's not the st the kind of story everyone really wants to hear. Okay. Be yeah. political, be socially. So you you either be on this side. You mm -hmm. say, yeah. Our parents, our loved ones were killed. Yes, it's true. You can give records. So we are here to help mm. to make sure those who have issues are helped and get help. That is one way. Mm. Otherwise, if you don't really show out what exactly you have to mm. it will be hard you will always be scrutinized yeah so that's why i'm telling you it's 
which can get political. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So it's the groundwork that yeah. you will mm. focus on. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, the help. Yeah. You extend enough like you know like there is a way here people will understand your message after seeing quite some actions you've done. Yeah. And then it's quite reasonable. Like you can't go preaching something and you've really done nothing about anything. Mm. So like some of the activities we we were able to participate in, though it was we were alongside another group, we went to help widows. Yeah. Uh, somewhere up country to make to help them get they are called back 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 backyard gardens, small mm. gardens of vegetables to sustain your diet and yeah. feeding. So we were part of that. Uh, one other, we, we had a debate. We had a debate with students at the college then mm. and it went well. So we have had a few activities, mm. mostly being hindered by financial yeah. You're, you're, and you're not that many people. Yeah, no. My group, five uh, uh, 25 active members whom I can summon at any given yeah. time. Yeah. But now being busy also, it will also be a challenge. Mm. For those who are not too busy, they can turn up. Yeah. Yeah, but I, we can't fail to get a number to conduct a function, a gathering, a meeting. Mm. We can't. We can't. No, we not yet. We have no. one. Yeah. Yeah, so you need to be more. We need to be more yeah. active. Yeah. And active means having some works here and there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm. Has it become easier, do you think, to uh, mm. to come out or to uh, find other non-believers? Well, uh, as I, I said yesterday, in the past two years, I've seen a lot of changes in this country. Yeah. Basically, in regards of people opening up and coming out and really having their word, their say. Mm. Uh, the, that radio program I, I told you, Bruce opened up my eyes. Yeah. I didn't know it, 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 it happened. <laughs> and moreover, on a Sunday morning on a radio yeah, station. Yeah, and an atheist Sunday yes. morning on a radio you station. You can imagine yeah. that. So, and there was one on the radio that was closed. But mm. the reason of the closure of that radio, up to now I'm still questioning it. It was really weird, yeah. awkward. You can't explain it. it. It used to host believers and non-believers. That means pastors, reverends, and traditionalists, mm. and Muslims. So it was around... For everybody to, yeah. to have a voice. So, so yeah. you air out your view about a certain topic that is being given mm. on that particular day. So you, it had a following. People would phone in and question. I said, but I heard you saying, is it true? I said, yeah. I, it was quite interesting. And it was yeah. on a Christian radio. It was that's, called, uh, that's an interesting concept. Yeah. yeah. It was called Amazing Grace Christian Radio. <laughs> <laughs> it was headed by one, one American pastor, okay. Greg Shell. And now, it happened that one of the programs 
he was, uh, I think, a, a, a born-again preacher. So he started his show. He, his topic of the show that day was how women, in particular, contributed hmm. to where the world is at the moment. Since the beginning, hmm. quoting the Bible, Genesis, and he quoted the Bible thoroughly. None of the words were out of his own creation. And the whole show, the whole topic was about how women. Hmm. So he pointed out examples. And women didn't like it. No. He said, you really put our image down there and really mm. put mud over it and stepped all over it. Yeah. So they called that. It, it was kind of an, uh, an appeal. They mm. appealed to, to the regulatory board. You better punish these people. They mm. really showed that women are blah, mm. blah, blah, called us names. These things were out in the Bible. Yeah. So yeah, really because it only showed that the uh-huh. uh, born again Christian yes. interpretation, but all the others that have had a voice uh-huh. didn't say that. They didn't. No. They didn't. Then, what happened? The regulatory board summoned them, the head of the registration, mm. the director, Pastor Gregsroff, and the, that presenter. Good enough, he was a local. Mm. So I, I thought he would have. He must have explained his position quite well with factors, facts, I mean. But they went on to punish them. They banned them for three months. Mm. No bro- broadcast. And banned that pass- person on to, to happen or to, to go on the radio station again. Mm. Then he said, okay, I used to love that radio station. Yeah. Because so those were really constructive arguments. Yeah. This is how we are supposed to exchange views. Yeah. Whether you believe me or not, let's sit and talk. Yeah. It's not a big issue. So they punished three months. After three months, somehow, somewhere, he told them, your license is cancelled. Oh, okay. Up to now, I've not really understood. And actually, I hope if I get a chance to pass a mm. great chef, I'll really want to get his story because mm. he's still around. He has a, a Christian school. Mm. So he's, his family is here. He's here. Yeah. But then again, I remembered his radio station was had a host who used to interpret for him, for Reverend uh, Pastor Greg Shaw. He was a local and he was arrested at one point. Okay. And he was sentenced for treason because he collaborated with some other people. So he was arrested with two or four others, so he was sent to prison. He was collaborating with people who were, who were planning to overthrow government. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. And he had this genocide denial ideology. Okay. That's a serious case. Yeah, that's serious, yeah. So I thought that radio had survived that. But mark my word, Mm. here, if it goes to that extent, you are blacklisted. Yeah. So it was a matter of time before 
they really got to the radio. Yeah. So, so now there's only the atheist in the radio Sunday morning. Him. Yeah. He. He couldn't do it anymore because they. The, that one called Mogamo. Who's on? Uh, not. It, it looks like also it's a Christian radio. I know it's called Royal FM. I don't know whether mm. it's really Christian, but he happens to have more more than an hour. Mm. And people are really getting interested. Yeah. So one of the ideas, like Bruce said, we'll get our the podcast to him. Mm. We'll find a way to get him. Yeah. First, me will find a way to get him, <laughs> or we'll even make a phone call during his program. Yeah. So, good enough is in the local language. Mm. So that shows you how open it is getting. Yeah. Because those things used to be happening in only foreign languages. So yeah. People will tend to say, ah, those are foreigners. We okay. are not. But now it is locals. So I think the space is opening up. Yeah. It's really a good thing. Mm. It's really a good thing. Okay. Yeah. That sounds great. Okay. Yeah. But um, thank you for talking to you. Yeah. It's been nice. Interesting. In the next episode, I'll be talking to Dudu, who stopped believing in God when her father died. I'm producing this podcast at my own expense, which means I will be forever grateful for any donations through tenet.bk. If you want to be a sponsor of the podcast and be mentioned in it, please contact me. Thank you for listening. You'll also find Babelfish on Facebook, and you can find me on my blog and on Instagram. Follow the links in the episode description. Until next time, be a happy human.